yeah, that was me. I've, I've had people say, you know, they say, what church do you go? And I tell them, and they said, that's a church? And, and I said, well, what did you think it was? Well, I, I've heard foster home, boys home, instant, uh, uh, an institution like a, like, a, like a boys prison thing. And I'm, like, and I'm like, why? And then I realized, oh, yeah, that was the youth group. <laughs> you know, we've always had like this, you know, you know this hoodlum-like youth group. And so um, I, that was my, me too. So, and and, and uh, they would drive by and they wouldn't even realize that, that we were, were a church. Now, we are the church, but this is where we congregate. And it's important for people because there's still something in people. They, when they have a problem, we get the phone call sometimes. They still do go to the church, and we want to make sure they know we're here and that we want to help meet, meet those needs, um, specifically spiritual. So that's a big thing. Talking a lot about it because I want you to remember Jubilee 710, the 10th day of the seventh month, um, which is the week right after, after uh, 4th of July. Put on your calendars. We'll be before that. Here we go. Everyone get really scared. We're going to be walking all of our neighborhoods and passing out prayer flyers. And then about three weeks later, we're going to walk our neighborhoods again and pass out invitation flyers. But here's the easy part. You don't have to hand them to people. We're going to go. We're gonna, and, and I encourage you to even, you could even start. We'll get the flyers in within about a week. Um, and they're going to say something like this. You were prayed for today. We want to let you know that we walked by here, we prayed for you, and we're going to continue to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, any, any prayer needs, anything like that, we're going to have some ways to contact the church. And we have, a, we have a, an email address. It's prayer at bigbearchristiancenter.org. If you have a prayer request, you can send it in there. Um, you can call the church office. You can call um, my mom, who's the head of the prayer chain. You can you know, different, different ways. All that information is going to be on there, but we're going to go and we're going to pray over all of our neighborhoods. You don't have to knock on doors and tell them you're praying. I've done that too. That's a little frightening, but that's wonderful. You can do that, but we're just going to walk down the streets and, and you just take your morning walk, your evening walk, and pray. And, and, and you're going to go and just hang little flyers on people's doors as you go. So we're going to rent out our children. Matthew, and or not Matthew, but you know Samuel and Madeline and all the little guys, we can rent them out to you and then they could run and put the flyers on the door as you walk if you want. <laughs> And so, because, you know, then you can just walk and they can run up and put flyers on the doors. Does that make, that makes it, is this making it easier? But we really want to pray for our communities. We've got a disease in North America that, that kind of says, you know, I, I'm going to park in my garage. I'm never going to walk out front. I'm going to walk from my house into my garage, get in my car, go to work, come home, hide the car so nobody knows I'm there. You know, we, we kind of hide. If you know your neighbors, you, if you know more than one neighbor, I think you're, an, you're a, an anomaly anymore. People don't know the names of their neighbors. They don't, they, they just, they don't do that. And I'm looking, and I'm looking at, at people, and I think we have probably a lot of anomalies in here, because I know a lot of you have relationships. We're going to get outside and get to know our neighbors and let them know that, that Jesus loves them too, okay? Along with that, or separate from that, is uh, Memorial Day yard sale. These are really two important big events. The youth every year have a, a yard sale. If you've been here, you know that. Um, that's how they raise all of their funds. So we're looking for lots this year. Um, we're looking for volunteers to work and for people to donate stuff. And we're looking for some, some good stuff. So if you know somebody who's thinking of selling something on Big Bear Stuff for Sale, you can say, hey, you know, if you donate that to the church, the youth group will get the advantage. You can get a tax write-off for it. And we're, we want to we wanna make some money. So that's going to be over Memorial Day weekend, Friday and Saturday. Um, Julie is not quite in charge. We haven't totally given her, but she's taking almost everything, which is awesome. Um, 
can contact her or Jesse, um, Christine. And for more information, you can bring stuff by to drop off. We can pick it up if it's too big. And, uh, but put that also as something we want to get the word out and tell, you know, tell people that we're even having one. All right? All right. Amen. Turn with me to Proverbs. Proverbs, yes. You're, all you women go, oh, no, not Proverbs chapter 31. This is probably the, the best way to, to have women leave is to preach out of Proverbs 31. Those of you who've never read Proverbs 31 are going, what are you talking about? Fathers, we spend time in the Word today. We thank you for who you are and your blessing upon it. Help us to be challenged and encouraged today in Jesus' name. Amen. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Verse 2. What, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. Sounds like a mom talking to me. Watch out. It is not for kings, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. These are the words of wisdom from a mom saying, listen, you're going to be king. You don't, you don't drink. You don't do these things. You need to be of, of, of sober mind. You need to be a good leader. There's a great message in there. We're not going to go there today. But it, it goes on. I'm going to go to, to verse um, 10. So, so this is mom talking to King Lemuel. She's, she's got these proverbs. And here comes the heavy stuff. So women, let's see how we're doing. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and she provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and she buys it from the profits that she plants a, a vineyard from her profits. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. And 30, it says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. There's a, there's a missing verse somewhere between um, 28 and 29, and it says, and she has a cape and flies too. 
Has anyone ever just, uh, you, you know, talking to the women, have you ever just felt the weight of this and says, Lord, help me? I mean, how about two out of ten? I'm getting, you know, I'm good on two. This is a, this is a very, you know, heavy thing. And, and actually, I think it's been, been taught at times, and I haven't heard it this way personally. Um, if I have, it's been years and years. But taught like, women, come on, this is what you got to do. I'm coming to another thought with this. I don't know if this is, this, is, this is it or not, but I honestly don't know if there's a woman who matches this. I mean, honestly, this is, this is amazing. This is Mary Poppins on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> this is extra. But I'm thinking it's possible that this was the mom looking at her son saying, ain't anyone good enough for you. You need to find a woman like this. Maybe afraid of what, what he might marry. This is, this is the standard, and, and we don't want to hold this up and say, if I'm not like this, I'm just not a woman of God. What we want to do is, is go, go, go to the end. It says, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. We want to be people who fear the Lord. And that's, that's our thing. And let those other things or other gifts come from a relationship, and this is for us men too, of fearing the Lord. See, we can't put on these actions and just become something. It's, it's, it's tiresome. Would, would you agree that if you've ever tried to do that, and maybe, maybe even in this, you read this and you said, you know, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to... You know, and you started just working hard and getting up early and making the lunches. And you says, you know, I'm going to make a little bit of money. I'm going to do some things. And, and you go, forget that. Because you get under the weight of condemnation, and it's just it's, it's too big of a burden to live. But when you fear the Lord, when you fear the Lord, things like this sometimes begin to happen because he anoints you and he prepares you for the work that he has for you. And... This is, this is for all of us in here. Every one of us has different giftings. We're going to be strong in some, and we're going to be weaker in others. And that's why God puts us together with husbands and wives. And, and then we have children, and then we live in community where our giftings are strong, and maybe they're weak here, but then he puts us in relationship with somebody whose giftings are strong here. And together, we create a more full picture. We can be, together become uh, paint pictures like this. Amen? No pressure. This is not a list of things to perform. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Men, you know, we need to be, if you're not married, if you're still wondering where your wife is, charm is de deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. If you're still in that, guys, you need to be looking for a woman who loves God. And that's where God's going to bless you with. <sighs> Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own work praise her in the gates. And that's for all of us. As we fear the Lord, our works will praise us. This morning, I wanna, I, I'm honoring moms, but I want to talk about women. And I started off with Proverbs 31 to say, if this is, if this is the picture, let's find one in the Bible. Right? Let's, let's find a woman who matches this in the Bible and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of women in the Bible today. And we're going to talk, um, and we're just going to go real quick and just hit some snippets of, of these amazing Proverbs 31 women. We'll start at the beginning. 
Eve. Genesis. Eve is the mother of all living. What a great title, right? I mean, she's the mom of moms. The first, she gets a mug and a little tablet with a little writing pen. She gets it all. She's the first mom. She had some problems. Didn't always make good decisions. Listened to other people beside her husband. Had some children, but was able to keep them absolutely under control until one of them killed each other, the other. This is Eve. But God chose her to be the mother of all humankind. You know, she suffered loss. She made mistakes and yet would always be remembered as the first mom. You think, I don't like, it's hard for me to do these things because we go, really? But she didn't have a mom. Now, now I was thinking about this, and I went, but yeah, but she, she walked with God in the garden until she sinned and was expelled from the garden and lost that ability to walk with God intimately like she had in the garden. And she still raised her children without anyone to say, Mom, how do you handle it when our kids do this? Who, who's gone to their mom and said, Mom, how did you do it? You know, the, the, you, you begin to ask those questions. That was Eve. On the other side, she didn't have a mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's, you know, I, uh, yeah. some of you are jealous of that fact. Don't raise your hand. Sarah. Sarah was the wife of Abraham. She was a knockout. I mean, she was gorgeous. She must have been walking through the territories. The, the Pharaoh of Egypt goes, I want her as my wife. Huh? They had a lot of choices. And he looked and he said, I want Sarah. And then the king, was it Abimelech, who the same exact thing, wanted to take Sarah. I am sorry, this girl was drop dead gorgeous. She must have been. Really beautiful. This is Abraham's wife. But in addition to her beauty, which wasn't the proverb, it's, it wasn't the deceitful thing, she was a pioneer. She was adventurous. Either that or she was just really faithful and loyal because her husband said, Hey, Sarah, we're going to move. Great, honey, where are we going to move to? I don't know. Pack up. <laughs> and they left. And she goes. She hangs in there. And some of us have have been in those things. I've done that to my wife. You know, we said, we're, we're going. Are you sure you heard from God? <laughs> you know, those moments when you, you, know, you come in and I go into the man, I said, you know, we prayed and I heard from God. And she goes, go and pray again. <laughs> I think you got the wrong number. <laughs> but she went and discovered what God had for them. You know, she is spoken of in the New Testament is a great example of a wife. She had a pretty slow biological clock. You know, I mean, she couldn't quite conceive, and that was kind of a problem, and she was getting older. I, I, I got a picture of, of uh, anyone ever see the movie My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. 
Yeah. My biological clock is ticking like this. This was Sarah. She wanted to have babies, and, and, and she couldn't. She's like, God, she's crying out. And, and she, she gets 90 years old by the time she has Isaac. The promise comes, though, years before that. So she's trying, she's trying, she's trying. The promise comes, and she still doesn't conceive for years. Faithful Proverbs 31 woman, not quite. Hey, Abraham, why don't you take in my slave girl? Have a kid for me. Taking it into her own hands. And then mistreating slave girl and sending her away. Imperfect. Another imperfect woman of God. Finally, has her child, Isaac, the son of promise at 90 years old. And, and Isaac means son of laughter or, or laughter. And I think God got the last laugh. Come on, ladies, 90. You get your first baby at 90. <laughs> Some of you are laughing even harder. You're just like. <laughs> Rebecca, Isaac's wife. So Rebecca becomes the mother of the twin boys, Jacob and Esau. Now, we probably should have known, known there was a problem when, when Isaac's servant went to go get Rebecca and he put a, a, a nose ring in her. Girls with nose rings are always problems. Yes. <laughs> Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau, and we see in the scriptures that Rebecca loved Jacob. Isaac loved Esau. Esau was a manly man. Jacob liked to plant things. <laughs> and so Isaac wanted that manly man, and, and, and Rebecca was, you know, she just favored Jacob. And come on, parents, it, it, don't raise your hand. But you, if you've had a few kids, you know that at least there was times you're just like, why can't you be like, mm, right? And, and you've and you, and you got to fight the favoritism. You've got to fight against it. Well, she, gave, she didn't just not fight against it. She's all, hey, let's steal the birthright from your brother. This will be good. I've seen, I've seen couples have this battle with their kids, and, and, and it's, it's just really hard. So this is, this is Rebecca. Jacob means supplanter, means one who grabs the heel. It's like a trickster. It's someone who's going to supplant, and that's exactly what he did. He steals his brother's birthright. So then when it's time for him, it's like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. You stole the birthright. You lied to dad. You cheated. You, you, you better go off and go live for a while out there. You'll find your wife. So guess what happens to Jacob? Somebody tricks him. Let's talk about another woman of God. But this time, we're going to talk about four. Because they were all the wives of Jacob. Jacob had four. Two wives and two servant girls. But he had just as many kids with the, the, the servant girls just about. So he had Rachel, Leah, Bilhan, Zilpah. He was tricked into marrying Leah. He loved Rachel. Charm is deceitful. I don't know. He, he loved Rachel. And he wanted to marry Rachel. But the dad tricked him and put in Leah the night of the wedding. 
You, you guys mostly know the story, but if not, it's like, huh? That's exactly what happened because the women would wear veils. And so they had this ceremony. It was supposed to be for Rachel. He gets married, goes to the ceremony. They, they, can, they uh, consummate their marriage in the evening. He doesn't even realize what happened until the next day. He must not have known her very well. And he goes, uh-oh. And so he has to work seven more years to get the sister. And so then they have this dysfunctional family. They've got two wives. You know, God's original plan was not for polygamy. He allowed things to happen. That was not his best. And so here we've got a polygamous situation. And now the two wives. Can you imagine living with two wives? Men? <laughs> Women? You know what they call a, a man or a woman who wants more than one spouse? Insane. <laughs> Women, could you handle two husbands? No way. You know. And so they're, they're doing this thing, and, and the kids start coming, and then they go, you know, he likes the kids, and so they start having this battle on who's going to have the next kid. And, and if, they're, if they're too slow, they start putting in their maidens in and say, well, you know, you go be with him, and if you have a kid with him, it'll be like mine. And it'll so he's, he's got four women, and they're all fighting over attention with all the kids. And this is what God chose to build the nation of Israel with? The children from the four women from the crazy polygamous dysfunctional marriage become the children of Israel. I'm not seeing Proverbs 31 wives yet. Rahab. We this is not the one you hear about on Mother's Day. We're going to talk about mothers. Everyone, let's talk about Rahab. Find a card for Rahab in Target for Mother's Day. Rahab was a prostitute. I used to spend a lot of time in, in Hollywood and in street ministry, and I remember at Sunset and Vine and some other places, we used to do a lot of ministry to the prostitutes. It's a very, very sad life. It's, they're lost, they're hopeless, and some of them are out there because they don't know what else to do to feed their children. Some of these women have kids and they didn't know what else to do. They got caught into drugs. They caught into, sometimes even in other countries, they're actually stolen. And I mean, it, this, is, this is prostitution. It's not as glamorous as what Hollywood is trying to even make it. You know, Julia Roberts and what's his face? Pretty Woman. What's, her fa what's his name? Richard Gere. Pretty Woman. It's just, oh, yeah, it's a great little prostitute story. It's, it's, it's not. These, they're lost and they're hurt and they, they need Jesus. And this was Rahab. And Rahab hides the spies and, and she's not killed when they attack Jericho. And, and Rahab's story is that she, she enfolds into the nation of Israel, though she's not an Israelite. And then through her seed, she, she believes in the Hebrew God. And in turn, she becomes the mother of Boaz. We're going to talk about Boaz a little bit and the, the grandmother of Obed, the great-grandmother of Jesse, and the great-great-grandmother of King David. I'm doing the genealogy thing. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm going back, and I've traced part of my family back to 1725. And, I mean, this is fun. I mean, you know, it's kind of, wow, you know, it's, you know, actually finding out who we, we, there was no one special so far. I'm kind of hoping there's, like, somebody in our line. But, 
but you know, I'm tra tracing them back, and it's, it's fun. And, and every time I come up with a new piece of information, of course, my mom's been helping me, and I'm doing Shannon's side, too, because I'm doing this for our kids. Um, you know, of course, Shannon's a Cherokee Indian. She's, we, we found her on the, the Native American rolls, and, and her great-great-grandfather was um, a, a big preacher in the Church of God and had revivals, and they named towns and stuff. I mean, it was really kind of neat. We're finding these things. It's fun. How about this one? Yeah, my great-great-grandmother. Yeah, Rahab, she was a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> That's what King David had. God can change a person, and they can influence generations. We're not limited to our background. We're not limited to our stories. We're limited to what God can make as we give it to him, Bathsheba. Great name, Bathsheba, because David found her hot when she was in the bath. So that's why they call her Bathsheba, actually. That's, that's Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> David's on his rooftop. Bathsheba's on the roof where, where she would b bathe, married. David sees her. And, and w she gets a bad rap because we don't know if she objected or not. He was the king. She could only object probably so much before she was afraid of death. So did she object or not? Some would say yes, and I, I don't know. So they get together. Uriah's out battling. She gets pregnant, and David realizes he, his one-night stand or his fling on the side that he was hoping to have is going to be discovered because now she's pregnant. So let's add some things to this, and Bathsheba's, I guess, okay with this. Hey, let's call Uriah home. I'm going to send him home. You guys can be together, and then everyone will think it's your kid or his kid. That doesn't work, so he sends Uriah to the front lines where he's killed. They get married, or whatever they did. I don't know for sure. He, David did have a few wives. They get married. She bears a son, and the son dies. And you say, yeah, it's punishment. It's hard. It's a story of life that happens. Women have children and they don't make it. And yet, that burden, that memory that Bathsheba would never get over, anyone who's lost a child, I don't believe there's really anything, any cure, any remedy. It's just heartbreak. Through that union that should have never been, the death of a child, the wisest man on earth is born, King Solomon, through Bathsheba. And she loved him and she poured wisdom into him. What a mom. It's not too late. No matter what circumstance you've come out of, God will redeem what you give him to redeem. You don't have to be the Proverbs 31 woman. You just have to say, Lord, I, I fear you. I love you. Take my mess do what you can with it, and he can do it. Naomi. Naomi was a, an Israelite. She was a traditional Jewish woman married to a Jewish man, and they had Jewish kids. 
They lived in Bethlehem. The, dr the drought comes, the, 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 the shortage of food comes, and they leave their town because they w they're looking for jobs and money and whatever. And they go to Moab and, and, and where they can find work. And while in Moab, their two boys marry pagan women, not Jewish women, pagan women. They were not off to a good start. It's kind of a bummer. And then the husband dies. So now Naomi, who's been a good, good Jewish wife and a good Jewish mom, and she's raising her kids, and now she's without a husband. Her kids marry. Ten years later, both of her boys die. She had a perfect life, and then it wasn't perfect. She changed her name to Mara, which meant bitter. And that's not a unique story. Good people doing good things, and then catastrophe happens. And she says, I, I need to go home. I need to be with my people. And one of the daughters, she tries to send both of her daughters away. And one of them says, no, I'm going to stay with you. So we have Naomi, a mother, a woman of God who's, whose life is, is just full of heartbreak and turmoil. Living in a foreign land, widowed. Son's dead. And so that brings us to this other woman and mother of God, Ruth. Now think about Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She didn't even have kids and her husband's dead. And back then, Naomi would have another child maybe to have, so she could, there was no brothers to, to, to give her a husband. Likely, likely she would stay a, stay a widow and childless the rest of her life, and she's a young girl. And she could maybe go back to her town, and maybe that would have been better if she could have found a husband. But she says, no, I've seen you worship your God. I'm going to go back with you. Your God will be my God. I'm going I'm to follow your God. I've seen the power of God. I've seen your hope in your God. I'm going with you. And they go, and, and the miracle happens. And they, they come back to Israel, and, and they're on welfare. Huh? There was a welfare system in, in, in Israel, and that was that, that if you had a field and you were gleaning, you were t getting all the, the fruit out or the, the wheat, whatever would fall on the ground, you would leave it there for the people on welfare, those that didn't have a job, those that didn't have any way of, and they would come and glean, and they would get the food, and they would take it home. You know, at least they had a work, work to welfare system back then. They had to work for it still. But Boaz would see Ruth back there, and he would give her extra. Hey, let some more fall off for her. He liked her. And God redeemed that situation, and he marries her, and, and it's wonderful. And then they end up having kids, and Naomi, whose children dies, becomes a great-grandmother-in-law. Grand, Step-grandmother, right? Step. Right? And guess who her family line is? King David, Naomi, and Ruth. Now we've got Rahab and Ruth. The prostitute non-Jew non from Jericho and the Moabitess, the pagan Moabitess in the family line of David. God is good. He redeems every story. It doesn't matter where it begins. Let me just do a couple more. do Mary. You can't have a good message about motherhood without Mary. Talk about the mother. 
the mother of Jesus. God saw this teenage girl and says, I'm going to change your life. You're going to be the mother to my son. And it's going to come with blessing and it's going to come with a lot of curse. In fact, we, see, we even see that, there, that, that says, he will pierce your soul. She knew something. It was not going to be an easy thing. You know, there's a lot of, you know, funny stories. You could talk about how, you know, poor Mary, you know. Jesus, close the door. Were you born in a barn? <laughs> yeah, Mom. But she raised Jesus as a boy. That means that he was teething. She comforted him. She cared for him. She taught him to walk and cleaned up his skinned knees. She dealt with family rival. Talk about playing favorites. I mean, it'd probably be really hard on Mary to not play favorites. She had other kids. And I don't think the brothers liked him too much at the beginning, you know. She dealt with that. Of course, it started out pretty bad because as far as everyone else was concerned, she and Joseph shacked up together before marriage. But she taught him and she loved him. We find him being the, we find her being the, the, the what I would think is a, probably a typical Jewish mom at the wedding in Cana in Galilee. Hey, Jesus, they're out of wine. <laughs> Mo- woman, what do you want me to do about it? Do whatever he tells you. She, she knew he was going to listen to her. She's the mom. But you find her at the cross. She loved Jesus. She was a disciple of her own son. Hard life. There's another one who who I thought about. That I think she she might get, get a bad rap, but as a mother, I think it's it's a wonderful example. And it was Mrs. Zebedee. We don't know her name. Sons of Thunder's mom. Goes up to Jesus. Jesus, grant it that one of my kids could be on your left and one of my kids could be on your right. And we think, audacious. Come on. And I think what a woman won't do for her kids. What a mother won't do for her kids. She said, I want my kids to be close to Jesus. Jesus, I want my kids to be close to you, one on your left, one on your right. See, moms will do those things. Men, we barely know that there's little small things running around our house. (laughs) Women, God has placed something inside of you that he did not place in the average man, an ability to care and nurture so beyond what we are capable of doing. It's not just in, in mothers, it's in, I believe it's in women, and this message is to the women of God because you have a place to play in, in lives. You have your own children. You have those that would look to you to be like a mother. You know, not all mothers are mothers. Not all mothers have given birth. My my sister, right now, is for the last three, if you're on Facebook, I mean, everyone knows if you're on Facebook, she's been spending the last three weeks out with Josh's brother, Jacob. And 
She was Mama Trish. Jacob lived with her for a few years, and she's playing the role of grandma, bringing this child in, and, and pray for little Uriah. His name is Uriah. And, and, you know, there's a great story. At first you go, why would you name your kid Uriah? But Uriah was a righteous man. And baby Uriah has major heart problems. He's already had one heart surgery, and he's going to be having another. And she's been out there playing grandma, but she didn't have any children. She's just as much a mom, just as much a mom as, as you can be and are, whether you've had biological children. But your time and your care and your influence in someone's life can have such far-reaching effect on people. We've seen the stories. It didn't matter if they were perfect or not, but as they allowed themselves to be used by God, God uses them and redeems the story and says, I can redeem anything, and I will give you a hope, and I will give you a future, and I will do something.